Welcome to The Vital Podcast, where church revitalization is vitally important. Thanks for tuning in for proven and practical resources to help lead your church toward the fullness God has for them. This is a show where we not only come alongside to motivate you on your leadership journey, we give you tactical strategies to implement on your way to church health and growth. And now, here's your host, Canon Mark Eldridge. Hi, this is Canon Mark Eldridge, and I want to welcome you to this episode of The Vital Podcast. This is a podcast of the Anglican Revitalization Ministries, where we look at all things revitalization for the ACNA. And so far, we've been looking at the Renew idea. In our last episode, we emphasized Renew and particularly uh the need for personal renewal in order to see revitalization in our churches. And, and we talk about a lot in, at ARM that there is no revitalization without renewal. And uh, to that end, I've um, invited Father Brooke Batchelor, who is a good friend of mine, but he's also a part of our Renew team. And Brooke is one of our presenters and teachers, leaders of our Renew Weekends. And so he's here with us today, and uh, we're going to just talk about this idea and hopefully encourage you in this uh, aspect of renewal in your church. So, uh, Brooke, welcome to the Vital Podcast. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, and and thank you for letting me sit in. Yeah, great, great, Brooke. Well, just so our listeners kind of know a little bit about you, and just tell, tell us a little bit about your background and why you want to be a part of Renew Ministry and uh, part of these renewal weekends. Yeah, sure thing. When I was a, a teenager, I was in the Episcopal Church and I was went on a retreat weekend. I was born again, met Jesus. And a couple of years later, I found out by going with a friend to a spirit-filled uh, church, uh, spirit-filled Episcopal Church, actually, that there were things going on in that church that I couldn't explain outside of just the, the present reality of God with us and the Holy Spirit working and doing things, you know, seeing healings and, and, and people uh, just like God would whisper to them and, and tell them things that only he knew uh, that, that would lead others to Jesus and all that. So I found out God wanted to work through me in those things and started learning a little bit about that. Uh, I ended up spending about 10 years in the vineyard churches. Some of you may have heard of those. Mm-hmm. John Wimber was still in charge at that point, and some of you may have heard of John. But uh, I saw even more, and and that God does continue to work in these things and does amazing things to build his kingdom, draw people to Jesus. And I see it around the world. I've had the pleasure of going overseas, and, and God is doing this everywhere we go. I just want to see more of it here. That's great, Brooke. Yeah, that's it's so important. We we talk a lot about in our Revive Ministries the idea that in our current times in America, where truth is just you know not relevant, people just oh, that's your truth. Uh, uh, doesn't matter what you think. So you can just the idea of trying to do evangelism and grow churches and by by explaining the truth about Jesus may not be as effective as. Uh, demonstrating the truth that Jesus is real through through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And uh, but I don't know, just what do you think about that? Does that sound right to you? Oh, absolutely. I, when I think about 
that Jesus came and he didn't just come with truth. He didn't just come with good teaching and wisdom and and good morals. He didn't just have a verbal message. He was doing things. He was casting out demons and healing the sick and raising the dead. And if he considered that essential for his ministry, good night. How, how much more should we have that, you know, to to see his kingdom come and see people come to him? Yeah, that's great. Well, on these renew weekends, the the the, the definition of renew or one of the definitions of renew is to restore or replenish, replenish. And so on these renew weekends, the, the one emphasis is to restore our passion for Jesus and that, that love for him in our hearts and not just be lukewarm about Jesus, but be on fire for him. And then the other part is to replenish the, the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, but not just for ourselves, but for the sake of going out into the world, the communities around us to, to share the gospel, to see his kingdom come uh, and lives change and disciples made and churches grow. At any rate, uh, when Brooke is taught at these Renew Weekends, and especially on the idea of being replenished in the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit for the going out, he has introduced me to the concept of this, of mikvah, and I just so fascinated by this concept and how important it is. I thought, Brooke, if you could just share a little bit about that with our listeners today, that I think that'd be helpful. Yeah, I'm glad to. Um, mikvah it was the Jewish word for baptism, and and so when you read it, whether it's in the Old or the New Testament, we you read the word baptism. They're using the word mikveh that we've just translated into English. But it, it looked very much like what you expect baptism to look like. You know, if we were to go back in time and, and saw somebody get mikveh, then we'd say, oh, yeah, they're getting baptized. But their emphasis in it was a little bit different than ours. We, I think we tend to kind of lean toward the idea that, that we're somehow engaging in the mystical washing away of sin. You know, when someone is born again, and that that tends to be our focus. But for the Jewish mindset, their focus was much different. They were really focused on what it meant to enter into a new life. And people would get mikvahed or baptized for all kinds of things, not just repenting of sin. They would, uh, like a bride and a groom, when they get married, they would be mikvahed because they were not just leaving a single life behind, they were entering into a brand new life of what it means to be a married couple. And so all of their focus was on this new life. Now, when disciples would would start to follow a rabbi, they'd be mikvahed by that rabbi to enter into the life of that rabbi and do what he does and say what he says. And, and we go into that in a little bit more depth, but the whole idea is, I think in the church... Um, we've kind of forgotten and don't teach as well about this new life that we're entering into much beyond know the gospel and be good boys and girls. And, and this is really about what does it mean to enter into that life of, of being a disciple like Jesus taught his disciples. Yeah. I was thinking about just as I'm listening to this and, and thinking about renew weekends across the ACNA uh, the, the ACNA, as you know, Brooke, is, is we talk about Anglicans being three streams, 
I think, but a lot of times our churches are maybe two streams with a little bit of the third stream of the Holy Spirit charismatic idea. Um, or some, and some churches just are really kind of scared about the whole idea of charis, you know, the charismatic. And I, my heart at Anglican Revitalization Ministries and the AAC is, is to communicate this isn't scary, this isn't weird, this isn't um, something to be against. Um, but as Anglicans, we can very much be very liturgical, obviously committed to God's word and evangelical, but also very fluid and open and natural working in the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you speak to that a little bit again? I mean, just think about it. if anyone's out there who's listening to this going like, I don't know, this these guys sound like charismatic weirdos. I, I know what you mean. It's I think this is what normal Christianity is supposed to look like, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Jesus gave us this this great commission, you know, go and make disciples and baptize them, make for them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then he said something that that I think we we need to as a church break open a little bit more. Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. Mm. And uh, so some of the things that Jesus commanded his disciples to do are things like in Matthew 10. He tells them, go and preach the message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons, he says. And I, I think that this is supposed to be normal and not weird, and you don't have to be weird to do this. But the church hadn't done a good job over the years of teaching disciples how to obey these things. I mean, we've, right, we've tried to rely on eloquence and persuasive words, like Paul says, uh, and wisdom and good teaching and good morals to inspire people to follow Jesus. But Jesus didn't limit himself to those things. The apostles didn't limit themselves to those things. So why should we? How much more do we need this when we evangelize if Jesus and the apostles needed it? Yeah. I like uh, Jesus, after he was baptized, he, of course, came up out of the water and the Father said, you are my well-beloved son, or you're my beloved son with you, I'm well-pleased. Uh, and then, of course, he began his earthly ministry, his public ministry. And immediately he said, his, the, and I've heard you talk about this, his message, though he, the proclamation was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is, this is the message. The good, the good news is, is here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then immediately began to demonstrate the reality of that the kingdom of heaven was near. Um, so there was this proclamation of the good news of the kingdom and a demonstration of the uh, reality of the good news of the kingdom. And the two of those together was what really transformed the world. And then, of course, he uh, sent the disciples out and sent, gave the Holy Spirit at Pentecost for them to, to do as he did. And all through Acts, you see those same two things. There's a, a demonstration of the Holy Spirit that says, hey, something different's here. The, this kingdom is real. It's, and then the proclamation of that good news 
and how people can repent and be a part of the kingdom. So I, I just think, to agreeing with you, that both of those are essential and important. And I think my experience, even in much of my ministry, was more emphasis on the proclamation. It's just communicate the message um, and call people to repentance, which is huge and important and necessary. But the proclamation, especially in a culture that has rejected truth, as I said at the beginning, may be much more effective to say, wow, I don't believe your truth about Jesus, but and you just prayed for me and something happened. <laughs> There's a healing or whatever. I had a sense of peace or this, I can't explain this sense of presence of whatever this is and uh, or a dream I had or whatever it is that uh, they'll be much more open to say tell me you know what about this Jesus it's uh, I was I was reading through first uh, Corinthians and first Corinthians chapter 2 Paul is talking he's writing to this group of believers in Corinth and he says um, when I came to you I didn't come with eloquence or superior mm-hmm. wisdom as I proclaim the testimony about God. He says, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Oh, that's good. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And and so you have this whole church that they believed because of the power of God doing things. Mm -hmm. In his second letter, he says, All the things that mark an apostle, signs and wonders and miracles, were things I did among you with great perseverance. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, that's, these were folks who, who their whole grid was tied into God is real, actual, and invading this place by doing things. I just had a story pop into my head. I haven't thought of it in a long time, but... There's a when I, in my last church, there there was a woman who came a couple times. She's the daughter of one of our members, and we do an invite your uh, friend Sunday of some sort, or at Easter or Mother's Day or kind of those events. This woman would always come with her mom. Her mom would say, "Come to church with me for this event," or but just I'd seen her three or four times over several years. But she never seemed much interested in, you know, coming to church beyond just showing up with her mom because her mom asked. At any rate, I get a call from her. Oh, no, she came to church one Sunday. And as we're, she's leaving, she comes up to me and says, I'd like to talk to you this week if that's okay. Again, I'd never spoken to her other than hello. I said, great, yeah, come on in. So she made an appointment. She came in. And she said, well... I have some, I believe it's Jehovah's Witness neighbors who are really aggressively pursuing her. And she said, I told them, no, I don't believe what you believe. But it became clear to her that she didn't know what she believed. She just knew, I don't believe that. But I don't know exactly what I do believe. So she prayed a prayer, basically saying, God, I, I need help. I need answers. And the response to that was she had an image of my face appeared into her mind. That was the only answer she got. She just had a picture of my face. 
And so she took that to me, and I guess I should talk to him. <laughs> and so, so that she came to that church that Sunday, talked to me, and then we met, and she told me this story. But then I was able to say, well, ask her more questions, and uh, asked her if she knew Jesus as her Savior. She did not. I was able to explain the gospel. And say the first step to really knowing about your faith is to have that relationship, and was able to lead her to the Christ that, that day. But my point of story, the story was it just... I had no control over the Holy Spirit just putting my face in her in her mind. So it's it, it's not like I'm necessarily praying for somebody for a miracle, but it's it is miraculous. It, it, it was uh, it was obvious that this was God's nudge to her. Right. Is what it sounds like. And it wasn't just it was more than proclamation. It was something that just the Holy Spirit had to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's uh. I, th- I think that as we're able as, as churches and groups of believers to lean into this, I think that the secret, Mark, is probably learning what it is to listen to the Lord, to be led by his spirit, to hear his voice. You know, we're, Jesus says, my sheep know my voice, but it's, it's hard to learn to listen because it's very often very quiet, you know, but, but we all know. I think at least to some degree how God has led us at times in the past. But if we can clue into that, I think we can get better at this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I don't expect that when when people, even when they come to this retreat weekend that we do, uh, which I, I think is, I think it's worth it, but I don't expect that you go out and all of a sudden you pray for everybody and everybody gets healed. Right. But I think we get better at it. Some of the people we pray for will get healed if we'll risk it. Uh, and, and some of the miracles we ask for will be done. But And if we don't ask, we won't see it. Mm-hmm. But if we'll learn to listen and be led by him, if we can get better at discerning what he's saying do and it, it, how he's leading us to pray for this, you know, say this to them. Um, then we'll see more and more of this. Right. And, it's all and, about intimacy with God. I was just gonna, absolutely. I was just going to say the same thing. If if we, and all of that won't happen if we don't have that in our hearts ourselves. It, we've got to be experiencing that as a as a daily reality of His presence and power in our lives, and that relationship's got to be real and uh, present and daily and. And then it'll overflow out of us to people around us. Yeah, I, I was struck by Jesus saying, I only do what I see my father doing. Mm-hmm. What's that like? You know, I want more of that. Right. And and so that's, I think that's what we're trying to lead, lean into is uh, being led just like Jesus taught his apostles to be led. Yeah. Well, thanks, Brooke. This has been great to have you as a part of this. And and really, more importantly, a part of the Renew team and per- helping us provide these Renew weekends to churches all over the ACNA. And to that end, if you're listening uh, and you're a, um, a leader in a church and you think, yeah, my church probably could use something like this, uh, I want to encourage you as you make your plans for 2022 to consider doing a Renew weekend. Uh, there's some some churches out there. Maybe your church is you've had kind of a charismatic experience in the back in the renewal days, and but it's just sort of grown cold, and and you're kind of going through the motions a little bit. And 
working hard, but not really in the power of the spirit. Uh, and so this would be a great opportunity to sort of be replenished and be restored uh, to that. Not, and not just to bring back the old days, but, but for now and for the ministry and mission he has for you now. Uh, but there's other churches out there that maybe this is new to. Uh, and you're like, this sounds like something we need. Great. And then others out there, maybe you've been historically kind of a, opposed to this idea. And I just would say, you know, it just I would, as AAC, as a ministry that's proved itself to be faithful to the whole church, just, just know that when we come in, we would not try to, scare you or shake things up or try to change you into something you're not and but just to help help you uh to operate more in the presence and power of the holy spirit for the sake of the mission he has for you today so at any rate if this is interesting to you i want to encourage you to email me today mark it's it's mark eldridge but you email me at m eldridge that's m e l d r e d ge at americananglican.org and you can schedule a call and we'll talk about this and get something scheduled in your church well again brooke thanks for being here any last parting thoughts no man thank you so much and uh, I, I really appreciate this ministry so thank you yeah, yeah thank appreciate you being a part of it well god bless you all out there listening and we'll look forward to uh, talking to you on our next vital podcast until then, God bless and uh, the Lord be with you. You've been listening to The Vital Podcast, a podcast of Anglican Revitalization Ministries, a division of the American Anglican Council. Be sure to share this podcast with other Anglican pastors and lay leaders who are also on the journey to church health. For more information on Anglican Revitalization Ministries and all it has to offer, be sure to visit www.churchrevive.org.